people that travel outside of their home country are two times more likely to feel anxious and nervous and three times more likely to feel trapped and depressed. And so knowing that we better have a resource available to support the mental health need we see now and will continue to see into the future. Welcome to the new Nomad podcast hosted by Alan and Andrew of Insured Nomads. Join us as Alan and Andrew interview and explore the community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Tune in to incredible discussions with thought leaders each week that will help you take full advantage of the cross-border remote work lifestyle. Now here are your hosts. Welcome to the New Nomad Podcast today. We have a guest that Andrew and I both know quite well. Brett Estef will join us. He's the Chief Operating Officer of Insured Nomads. He's got a very interesting story to share with us, but also we're going to have a great conversation, something a little different today. As we were speaking recently, we were talking about how COVID-19 has really ignited a different virtual healthcare revolution. And Brett's been very instrumental in bringing those pieces together. We've been getting questions from people on what does that mean for those who live that location independent lifestyle. And we're going to share with you today what we think that means and what Brett's vision for the next one, three, and five years in that area. Andrew, I'll bring in my co-host, Andrew Jernigan. Andrew, we've seen so much changes in the last year and a half since COVID-19. I mean, even something along the lines of we've seen people take a podcasting, we've Zoom meetings like we haven't before, but on the healthcare space, there's also a huge move to like virtual mental health, virtual support, et cetera. And you've been a great leader in this too. I mean, you've got to be saying to yourself, what huge amount of change we have just seen in the last 18 months. Yes. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again this week. It's that thing of what are we going to face next as we evolve the products, the services, and the expectations everyone has for this new global workforce? You know, we've been, all three of us, Brett, that'll be joining us in today's show, we've all been in the expat international space for years, but the expectation is new and different now. Health is been in everyone's face, but also the duty of care, the well-being. And more than ever, we've had requests for people saying, hey, why don't you guys offer a policy to insure my $3,000 laptop? Or I've been a opponent for years of cancellation insurance, of trip cancellations, just because I thought, you know, it's a ripoff, it's expensive. How often are trips actually delayed or canceled? Now, in weekends where you have a thousand flights canceled or you have a pandemic declared and you have countries that throw red flags in your way, cancellation is more important than ever. So uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting as we talk about these changes. I know we're all joining from different places around as we're a globally dispersed team working remotely. So it's it's going to be good having Brett with us today. Well, it's interesting and we'll bring Brett into the conversation because you know, working with Brett, I've learned so much about artificial intelligence, cloud-based technology integration of partners that also bring things to app. But at the end of the day, what I've really learned is it should be easy to find, easy to use. And when you need it, it's there at your fingertips. So we'll bring Brett in. Brett, join us. Great to have you, Joyce. Where are you joining us from today? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Nice to be with you and congrats on the success of the podcast here, The New Nomad. I am joining you from Midwest US in St. Louis, Missouri. Excellent. And I'll mention that, Brett, you've been traveling around the world and you've been supporting nomads of all different varieties for many years. Share with us a little bit of your background and what has gotten you to this point today that makes you really excited about supporting this new digital healthcare revolution and the folks that are out there looking for the support of that revolution. Yeah, quickly. Background is international business by education and corporate benefits and insurance by trade. I have spent 25 years in this line of work and I found my 
myself in global about halfway through my career. And I saw that there was a big opportunity. I think a lot of the corporate clients that I worked with viewed global as a bit of a black box. And the more I understood about it, the more I believed that it wasn't as cumbersome as people thought. And in cracking that code, you can add value and build businesses and products and provide solutions. You know, my arrival at Insured Nomads, it was interesting because I found myself in what we affectionately refer to as job transition in mid-2020 during the pandemic. And so I reflected on how this has shaped history before and did I want to realign myself with brands, businesses, and roles that I had typically seen? Or did I want to be involved in an industry that was a successful byproduct of the pandemic? And I chose the latter. And I think it insured nomads with the communities that we support and the reality of today's world, it's the right place at the right time. You know, Brad, it's an honor really to have you with us as we've brought on thought leaders to build this company. And you are one of those. What do you think is the driver as in InsureTech? And I think you've said recently it's almost travel tech. And with some of the things that you've put into play, it's bringing on fintech components as well. What do you think is some of the drivers of that? Is it the dormancy or the complacency that you felt? Or where do you think the industry is leading us in that direction? I think the industry, and I appreciate your remarks. I think the industry for a while has kind of kicked around the idea of this notion of virtual care. But I think one, the pandemic, two, the spotlight on remote work, and three, the easy integration with technology. Everybody communicates with the devices in their hands and their tablets that they carry in their offices. I am a self-described techie. I don't have the language behind it, but I understand the ease and efficiency that the technology can drive. And I think there is a huge appetite for people to be able to gain access to information quicker. And if you can do that in the healthcare environment, close access gaps to care, which is where I think some of the international virtual care started many years ago, and do that with a user experience that is simplified like most of the successful platforms are, it's really a unique opportunity to you know support that virtual care demand that I think we're seeing. Brett, you've really educated me to the importance of some of the geo-positioning tools relative to support for something like a panic button or information being pushed out to some to keep them out of harm's way. Really a more proactive approach than we've seen in healthcare in the past. And I love your comments about how is that built and how do things happen in real time? And how do we even sweep the web to see that something is happening somewhere or something has changed? It's always amazed me how you've educated me in those areas. I mean, these days, everything is happening in real time, good or bad. And one of the opportunities that I saw pretty quickly, and Alan and I know you and I hail from very similar pedigree, is that the constraints of a lot of the big brands that are successful today are the corporate infrastructure, technology platforms. And when Insured Nomads was founded, we had none of those constraints. And so everything could be built in a new environment, to use your terms, the cloud-based environment, which is what all of our technology is built on. And the way in which we deploy artificial intelligence and machine learning, which I think is absolutely the way, it's, it's already making very significant impacts in the world of technology and other industries. But instead of us as an example, if we were going to source data from some of the world's most credible data sources, the historical way is to buy API feeds and integrate that into an in-house database and find a way to monetize that. What we have done is kind of taken the opposite approach and used machine learning to sweep the entirety of the net and populate the information from public sources. And again, it goes through, I'm not going to bore you with the tech speak, but we have a multi-process authentication so that we know that the information is valid before it makes 
connects it to our editors. And then everything is GPS. It's GPS enabled because I think so many of the applications that people have in their own technology environments are tracking them for purposes of marketing outreach or alignment with different communities or social events. And I think that's the way in which things are working these days. So why not deploy a solution for an individual or a corporate client that allows us to know where they are and keep them out of harm's way? I think this current situation with the pandemic and global uncertainty, the more people travel, the more I think they are going to need to know what type of risk, if any, are they headed into? Well said, well said. You know, because it's most people are feeling like they're not going to get ill or injured. They've spent so much time overseas or they don't within their home environment, right? So it's integrating things that are keeping them out of harm's way, preventative. I think in, in the preventative sense, there are a couple of things that you and Alan have really pioneered with the offerings. So it's what do you think is the one that stands out to you the most in the aspect of preventative? Preventative care, I think when it was legislated in the United States to be free with the Medicare Modernization Act some years ago, I think it got a needed spotlight because I think that there is a significant care avoidance and we're seeing more and more of that because of the pandemic. Pandemic, I think people were avoiding care and I think we run the risk of a tsunami or kind of a uh, whipsaw effect in the healthcare systems, both in the U.S. and around the globe. And so I think from a virtual care perspective, giving people access very efficiently in a way in which they currently use to diagnose some of these things that were otherwise overlooked because of the pandemic, I think will hopefully improve the general health and reduce cost burdens for employers and individuals alike. The other thing that I would say too, as it relates to this virtual ecosystem is mental health. I was reading an article sometime back that was indicating that loneliness would be deemed the new smoking. And when you couple loneliness with a global pandemic and an environment of lockdowns and social isolation, on top of many societies tend to deal with anxiety and depression as is without those additional headwinds, I think we as a business, we as a community, and we as a society need to think very carefully about how we approach mental health and make support services available. Years ago, I was speaking engagements at a prior role, and there is very specific statistical evidence that says people that travel outside of their home country are two times more likely to feel anxious and nervous and three times more likely to feel trapped and depressed. And so knowing that, and then you couple that with a global pandemic and lockdowns and isolation, we better have a resource available to support the mental health needs that I think we see now and will continue to see into the future. You know, mental health is something that we've gotten some great feedback that we really support people on because you're right, there is a lot of anxiety when people travel. But the other thing that ties in that we've gotten a lot of feedback on was the panic button the immediate access. I continue to get questions and maybe you can share with our audience how that works because they're like, this is, seems like a miracle that I can be halfway around the world in a situation I feel compromised and then grab the app and hit the panic button. How do people reach out to me? How do they find me? Is there a tower that it pings? What happens? But people are very comforted that they have that security blanket. And I would love you to, to share with the audience because I continually get questions about the inner workings of the panic button because they're so happy to see that there. So quick story, and then I'll get into that. My mother-in-law recently booked a trip and she had shared with me that she used a travel agent. And uh, I, one, didn't realize that they still were in existence, but apparently they are and doing quite well these days, I hear. But the reason that she chose to use a travel agent was for peace of mind, knowing that she could contact somebody in the event she needed help. And so it was that simple reality alone that I immediately kind of guided her to selfishly what we do. And I think that 
that that need to my prior comment is absolutely there now more than it ever has been. So inside our ecosystem, uh, we do have a panic button. And to talk a little bit about some of the data science that goes behind the scenes, you know, privacy is really important. We're in a heavily regulated industry with insurance. And so we have to mind our P's and Q's as it relates to data privacy. You have options to suppress your GPS availability. But let's say you turn it off completely and then there is an event and you hit the panic button. We will know where your last reported location was within a few feet. And the technology programming is such that it overrides your privacy preferences to turn back on the GPS during that panic button incident. And then it will ping the tower, you know, based on proximity every 60 seconds when otherwise we ping it every three minutes until that crisis is resolved. But let's say, for example, somebody is on holiday where there is no Wi-Fi or internet signal. All of the information is, all of the critical information, so safety and security information is downloaded behind the scenes. And so it's there whether you have connectivity or not. And we even have the ability to communicate through SMS if there is not a valid signal. And then it's constantly being updated with your movement. So even though we might not know within plus or minus 15 feet, we'll know where you last checked in. Oh, wait, wait. So when I've seen this in the past, it's been one of those key employees only benefits that for those large corporations, you're saying that this is in every product that you guys have built? Every single policy. Everybody has access to the same technology ecosystem that seems to be growing and changing by the week, which is something that we're excited about. And oftentimes, and Alan, I know, has experienced this too, in order to get the portfolio of services that I think is provided in the ecosystem that we offer, you would have to be an executive. You would have to be somebody that is a highly compensated individual with reason to make these expenditures in a corporate benefit program. But this applies to anybody that's taking a two-week vacation to anywhere around the world, up to somebody that would buy a more longer duration, comprehensive international medical plan. But yeah, long way to say 100% of our policyholders get access to all of this information. So that comes in, a, it's, it sounds like the traditional duty of care, travel risk management, but yet it has more. It's got the reimbursement for flight delays. It's got the airport lounge. It's got the mental health. It's, it's more than just the crisis responder, isn't it? And that's through a, an annual membership that is paired with the product. So this is very different than the strictly medical, whether it's travel medical or global health insurance company, extremely different. Well, you mentioned a couple of things. So the duty of care piece, we are currently working with corporate clients that want to offer just the duty of care piece. I think, you know, for those that have paid attention to what duty of care is, it's not notional. It's something that represents a significant liability for the corporate clients that we support and I've worked with over many, many years. So that is an option to make available. But if you look at the scope of things that are included in the ecosystem, a couple of comments that I would make, we're, we've got a community support so that remote workers, location independence and corporate groups, if they find themselves in a new land to live and to work, can they get connected with people that can help them find a pediatrician or find a tennis class or find a yoga studio? Yes, we can. But then all of the other features that you've indicated like lounge access and mental health and full integration with financial services like MasterCard Pay Card Network, all of these are in specific response to what our customers have demanded. And to me, it represents a bit of a departure from some of my prior roles in that the internal marketers were defining the value proposition externally without necessarily listening directly to the voice of the customer. And this, we are, our feet are firmly on the ground as it relates to listening to the people that support us. You brought up something that I thought was interesting that you talked and it kind of slipped by there quickly, the MasterCard pay card. And obviously one of the issues that we hear from people that would go to, let's say Costa Rica for a year is if they have medical costs, you know, they would love to have those being directly reimbursed 
are easily paid as opposed to, all right, I'll pay it local currency and then mail it to my insurance company or God forbid, fax it in the old days. And there are still people doing that. Help some of the folks out there understand some of the revolutionary new steps, which don't seem revolutionary to us, but they're revolutionary if you've come from an old world insurance company that help people get their claims paid a lot easier. And certainly people don't want to be sitting there waiting for months and months and months for claim reimbursement. Faxing. I think the only people still faxing are travel agents. So I, I think it's a great question. So the financial services industry kind of leaned into integrating technology and uh, what they do. And if you reflect back on when they were marketing for banks that allow you to use your smart device to make deposits of checks, we too have just carried that forward with our relationship with MasterCard so that in your digital wallet on your smart device, should a healthcare provider, clinic, or pharmacy accept that form of currency, then you simply pay for it like I pay for my groceries down the road with my phone. The so what in that is that the old Pareto principle principle, I think applies in our world in that it's only a small percentage of the population driving a significant portion of the cost burden. The rest of it, it's relatively acute. It's low dollar items. It's a prescription here. It's an office visit copay. And then keep in mind, we support a tremendous amount of volume in non-US markets where the cost per unit of healthcare is a lot lower. So our ability to take that pay and claim or reimburse or chase process out of it by allowing them to pay for it on a digitally integrated payment card, it just makes all the sense in the world. And quite frankly, I couldn't get it done in prior lives, but back to the comment that I made at the outset that we came here without constraints. And so long as we have the capital and the time, then we can invest in those solutions that I think the market is seeking from us. Well, Brett, uh, I know that there's a, there's a lot coming down the pike. And I know that you've told me about some of these things. What's the most exciting thing that will be integrated next with the ecosystem? And I know, Alan, you're driving a lot of that innovation, but what's the one thing within that the insured nomads community ecosystem that excites you most? The community piece, I think, is going to be very important because as much as we continue to talk about tech, 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 and it's going to be incredibly important, one of the things that's paramount to our business is staying human. And I think with everybody queuing up their Zoom meetings and being virtually distant from just about everything, the more we can introduce human ideas, human interactions, and human context into a technology ecosystem, the better. And so I think community is going to be incredibly powerful for us. The exciting piece about the platform itself, whether it is, you know, the capability from an API integration to various partners, the partnerships that we have through affiliate relationships, and whether it's hospitality industry and planes, trains, and automobiles, I'll say, it really is limitless in that regard. And as to is the creativity on the integrations that we can put into the ecosystem. So you say, which is my favorite? Well, I think it's community, but it's favorite this week because I have a strong feeling that as we continue to integrate new partners and new features, that the sky is really the limit. And we are going to continue to work with our customers and our partners to see what unmet demand is there. Is it tax? Is it relocation support? Is it pet support? Is it education for children? And so anytime we identify a very specific need or demand, we absolutely have the flexibility to integrate it in the platform that we offer today. So Brad, if I was listening to this podcast and I really didn't understand insurance, but my sister was going for, let's say, go to an Airbnb for a month in Costa Rica, would you have a product for them? Or if my sister was going down there for a year on a digital nomad visa, would you have a product for that scenario too? 
And how are they different? Yeah, you bet. Great question. So we do. We have uh, shorter duration coverages from an insurance perspective. So let me get outside of the technology ecosystem for a minute. Shorter duration travel coverage. And so I would almost view that as accident, injury, or illness. So I need something if the wheels fly off. I don't need anything for you know my maintenance physical therapy. If I am going to relocate to another destination and I'm going to be there for an extended period of time, which you know if you look at the surge in digital nomad visas and you look at the mobility, you and I participated in an event the other day that said that work from anywhere was searched on Google in excess of a trillion times. People are going to leave their place of citizenship, and I think they are going to embrace a remote lifestyle. And for those individuals that choose to do that, we have the, what I would call cross-border health insurance, which is going to look and feel a lot more like a corporate benefit offering or an offering provided by your state or government. So it will include you know, the preventative, the routine, the maintenance, the acute, or even elective types of coverage. What's your feeling on the need for evacuation coverages? I've heard people say, well, you know, I, I know I need healthcare evacuation, but is there things for natural disasters and security evacuation? And of course, the answer is, is yes, but people are still confused about what that all means. Is that also built into the infrastructure? Uh, should somebody want that type of support? Because it is expensive to obviously leave somewhere with a medical issue or quickly if there's a natural disaster or civil disturbance. Yeah. So I guess depending on where you get your information today, and I think in the near to midterm, I personally think there will absolutely be a need for non-medical evacuation, probably on par with a medical evacuation, whether it's La Palma or St. Vincent or the earthquakes or political uncertainty and civil unrest in addition to the pandemic and so on. There is a massive risk that is changing daily. And that's why I am very excited to have support inside our infrastructure to pay attention to a dozen different types of threats that exist around the world. Said another way, maybe my wife would let me go without it, but I would not go without that type of support so that I know for certain I get to come home to my kids. So it's been really interesting kind of building this infrastructure and other questions we have that come from people is how do you direct us to care? And I think that this is something that's great that you've built into the infrastructure that, you know, in the past, you really don't want to go to your, you know, hotel concierge and say, hey, where should I go? I need to go see a doctor because there might be an ulterior motive there. It may not be culturally right for you. It might not be the best facility in town. And of course, we've learned over the years that there are probably 200 hospitals or clinics that handle about 80% of the non-local people coming through, whether they're business travelers, travelers, leisure travelers or expats thereof. Is that something that's built into the community that people can look to and certainly, you know, get the best direction to care and support? Yeah. So what's interesting to note, and the short answer is yes, it's built into our platforms, built into the community resources. But this idea that the healthcare infrastructure in non-US countries is like ours is just completely inaccurate. And anybody that spent time in this industry or in this side of the business can understand and appreciate that. And one of the biggest mistakes I think, or opportunities from non-US healthcare systems is they look at the West and they say that's a, a fundamental example of what not to do. When our healthcare infrastructure was established, it, it was in essence a build it and they will come 
And it is a very bloated model that I think is part of the reason why we have such an expense burden here in the U.S. What many other systems around the world have done have been uh, specific about the resources they develop based on the burden of disease in their community, as opposed to building it all and waiting to serve needs that may never arise. So we do look at some of the fundamentals, the Joint Commission International, which is globally recognized as an accreditation minimum. But then also to your point, we have the insight to know which facilities are most commonly used for eight out of 10 international healthcare claims. And then how can we guide people in more of a TripAdvisor fashion, as opposed to giving them an alphabetized list of facilities that essentially mean nothing to them. So that's where the community component comes in so that it's not, this is the American hospital in Dubai, but what feedback from the communities do we have, you know, as an organic group that can help somebody understand that system if they are unfamiliar with it? Well, Brad, we've reached a point in the episode where I've got to ask you that question that we get to ask every guest, and I'm excited to hear. You know, what is an overlooked person, place, experience, even book? And you could throw in two things if you want to that you would feel that our tribe, our listeners would want, need to know about? That is a great question, gentlemen. So I'm going to take this into two areas. One's nostalgic. Well, they're both kind of nostalgic. An overlooked book, and this will date me, is a book called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I think it's significant for me because when I have an opportunity to share that, my child and children, it really becomes a much more magical interpretation of what that is because I reflect on it. The second, in terms of an experience... I wouldn't say it's overlooked because I think it gets plenty of attention, but as a man without a ton of discretionary time on my hands, my wife and I thoroughly enjoy Napa, California. Reason being, we're foodies. We love great food and we love wine and we love great weather. And every time that we've been out there, it really has been a memorable vacation. That's fantastic. That's actually where my wife and I went on our honeymoon. It was a wonderful experience and it's quite beautiful up there. Excellent choice, my friend. Where can people learn more about you as this episode concludes? I'm certain that you know, you're know you going to continue to innovate and I'd love to have people either reach out to you, learn more about you, but also if, if people have great ideas that would help them have a better healthcare experience or there's a new location that's opened up or a new technology that helps the location independent people, you'd be a great person for somebody to reach out to. How could they reach you? Yeah, and I would encourage the listeners to do that. As much as we pride ourselves on paying attention to as much of the market as we possibly can, we're human. We can't see it all. And we're constantly looking at partnering with partnering or integrating or simply learning about what is available. And so reach out to us. You can find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash Brett Estep. And then there is a way to connect with us on our website, insurednomads.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Brett. And Andrew, as always, whenever we talk to our good friend here, we learn something new. Let, this is the time that we share. What did we learn today? I'll let you go first. Let's see. I want to read that book, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I want to get that. So that's one of the takeaways. I'm intrigued by some of the things he shared, the membership that he elaborated on, that's that duty of care and how that's being embedded in different environments. So this has been really good. Just I love what is coming out of the Juvo Innovation Lab and the team at Insured Nomads. It's a pleasure to work here with you too. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Likewise. And, and I'll mention this. One thing that I think is tremendous that I learned constantly from Brett is if you have an open mind to innovation and you don't have too much sunk cost already into an archaic or old method, you can move very fast 
and you can innovate and you can build things in this environment. And you have a lot of people who are very bright that are happy to partner and build a better support system for our location independent people out there. And we're going to continue to do that. So uh, look forward to further episodes as we continue to innovate. Once again, we really appreciate people listening to The New Nomad, the podcast for people that are location independent. And we also look forward to feedback that you might give us as you want to have a better healthcare experience out there. So continue to travel safely and we look forward to catching up with you again in the future. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the New Nomad Podcast, where we bring together an incredible community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review. For more amazing tips to help you take advantage of the cross-border lifestyle, please visit us at insurednomads.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.